J.C. Ryle's Devotional Thoughts on the Gospel of Luke Section 28 The Calling of Matthew Luke chapter 5 verses 27 through 32 And after these things he went forth and saw a publican named Levi sitting at the receipt of custom. And he said unto him, Follow me. And he left all, rose up, and followed him. And Levi made him a great feast in his own house, and there was a great company of publicans and of others that sat down with them. But the scribes and Pharisees murmured against his disciples, saying, Why do we eat and drink with publicans and sinners? And Jesus answering said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. The verses we have now read ought to be deeply interesting to everyone who knows the value of his immortal soul and desires salvation. They describe the conversion and experience of one of Christ's earliest disciples. We also are all by nature born in sin and need conversion. Let us see what we know of the mighty change. Let us compare our own experience with that of the man whose case is here described, and by comparison, learn wisdom. We are taught in this passage the power of Christ's calling grace. We read that our Lord called a tax collector named Levi to become one of his disciples. This man belonged to a class who were a very proverb for wickedness among the Jews. Yet even to him our Lord says, Follow me. We read furthermore that such mighty influence on Levi's heart accompanied our Lord's words that although sitting at his tax booth when called, he at once got up, left everything, followed Jesus, and became his disciple. We must never despair of anyone's salvation as long as he lives after reading a case like this. We must never say of anyone that he's too wicked or too hardened or too worldly to be saved. No sins are too many or too bad to be forgiven. No heart is too hard or too worldly to be changed. He who called Levi still lives and is the same that he was 1,800 years ago. With Christ, nothing is impossible. How is it with ourselves? This, after all, is the grand question. Are we waiting and delaying and hanging back under the idea that the cross is too heavy and that we can never serve Christ? Let us cast such thoughts away at once and forever. Let us believe that Christ can enable us by his Spirit to give up all and come out from the world. Let us remember that he who called Levi never changes. Let us take up the cross boldly and go forward. We are taught, secondly, in this passage, that conversion is a cause of joy to a true believer. We read that when Levi was converted, he made a great feast in his own house. A feast is made for laughter and merriment, Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 19. Levi regarded the change in himself as an occasion of rejoicing, 
and wished others to rejoice with him. We can easily imagine that Levi's conversion was a cause of grief to his worldly friends. They saw him give up a profitable calling to follow a new teacher from Nazareth. They doubtless regarded his conduct as a grievous piece of folly and an occasion for sorrow rather than joy. They only looked at his temporal losses by becoming a Christian. Of his spiritual gains they knew nothing. In the same way, there are many like them. There are always thousands of people who, if they hear of a relation being converted, consider it rather a misfortune. Instead of rejoicing, they only shake their heads and mourn. Let us, however, settle it in our minds that Levi did right to rejoice. And if we are converted, let us rejoice likewise. Nothing can happen to a man which ought to be such an occasion of joy as his conversion. It is a far more important event than being married or being made a nobleman or receiving a great fortune. It is the birth of an immortal soul. It is the rescue of a sinner from hell. It is a passage from life to death. It is being made a king and priest forevermore. It is being provided for both in time and eternity. It is adoption into the noblest and richest of all families, the family of God. Let us not heed the opinion of the world in this matter. They speak evil of things they know nothing of. Let us rejoice with Levi, consider every fresh conversion as a cause for great rejoicing. Never ought there to be such joy, gladness, and congratulation as when our sons or daughters or brethren or sisters or friends are born again and brought to Christ. The words of the prodigal's father should be remembered. It was fit that we should make merry and be glad. For this your brother was dead and now is alive again. He was lost, and now is found. Luke chapter 15, verse 32. We are taught, thirdly, in this passage, that converted souls desire to promote the conversion of others. We're told that when Levi was converted and had made a feast on the occasion, he invited a great company of tax collectors and others to share it. Most probably these men were his old friends and companions. He knew well what their souls needed, for he had been one of them. He desired to make them acquainted with that Savior who had been merciful to himself. Having found mercy, he wanted them also to find it. Having been graciously delivered from the bondage of sin, he wished others also to be set free. This feeling of Levi will always be the feeling of a true Christian. It may be safely asserted that there is no grace in the man who cares nothing about the salvation of his fellow men. The heart which is really taught by the Holy Spirit will always be full of love, charity and compassion towards others. The soul which has been truly saved by God will earnestly desire that others may experience the same salvation. A converted man will not wish to go to heaven alone. How is it with ourselves in this matter? Do we know anything of Levi's spirit after his conversion? Do we strive in every way to make our friends and relatives acquainted with Christ? 
Do we say to others, as Moses to Hobab, Come with us, and we will do you good? Numbers chapter 10, verse 29. Do we say, as the Samaritan woman, Come, see a man who told me everything that I ever did? Do we cry to our brethren, as Andrew did to Simeon, We have found the Christ? These are very serious questions. They supply a most searching test of the real condition of our souls. Let us not shrink from applying it. There is not enough of a missionary spirit among Christians. It should not satisfy us to be safe ourselves. We ought also to try to do good to others. All cannot go to the heathen, but every believer should strive to be a missionary to his fellow men. Having received mercy, we should be eager to share the gospel with others. We are taught, lastly, in this passage, one of the chief objects of Christ's coming into the world. We have it in the well-known verse, I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. This is that great lesson of the gospel which, in one form or another, we find continually taught in the New Testament. It is one which we can never have too strongly impressed upon our minds. Such is our natural ignorance and self-righteousness in religion that we are constantly losing sight of it. We need to be frequently reminded that Jesus did not come merely as a teacher, but as the Savior of those who are utterly lost, and that they alone can receive salvation from him who will confess that they are ruined bankrupt, hopeless, miserable sinners. Let us use this mighty truth if we never used it before. Are we sensible of our own wickedness and sinfulness? Do we feel that we are unworthy of anything but divine wrath and condemnation? Then let us understand that we are the very people for whose sake Jesus came into the world. If we feel ourselves to be righteous, then Christ has nothing to say to us. But if we feel ourselves to be lost sinners, then Christ calls us to repentance. Let not the call be made in vain. Let us go on using this mighty truth, if we've used it in time past. Do we find our own hearts weak and deceitful? Do we often feel that when we would do good, evil is present with us? Romans chapter 7, verse 21. It may be all true, but it must not prevent our resting on Christ. He came into the world to save sinners. And if we feel ourselves to be such, then we have warrant for applying to and trusting in Him to our life's end. Only let us never forget one thing, that Christ came to call us to repentance and not to sanction our continuing in sin.